Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Omakais, tuning in for episode number 76, all the way from San Diego, California this week, actually, because I am, I'm out here with my girlfriend and we're dog sitting for my friend's dogs, taking a kind of staycation. I love it. I love changing up where I'm working from. Anywhere with natural light, count me in. I'll work there all day. Anyway, this week we have the amazing and very talented Jake Chams on the podcast. Jake is a fellow photographer and then some. He does not just do photo. He does photo, he does video, and he also does graphics these days. So, you know, he's crushing it on all creative fronts. I was lucky enough to get Jake on the podcast. We actually had planned to do this initially when he was on tour, but unfortunately he had a little bit of an accident on tour and was injured. So he's been out of commission for a while. Uh, recently, though, I hit him up and he was like, yeah, you know, I could knock out a podcast right now. So we, so we did it. And I've been wanting to learn from Jake how he balances photo and video on tour. I've got a lot of fellow patrons and supporters of the podcast who are photographers and or videographers themselves. And their goal is to get on tour and do one of those jobs. However, some people do both of them. And especially when you're starting out, especially when you want to make yourself more desirable to be on the road, it's always better to do more because, you know, people get more bang for their buck and it's more, you're more versatile. So Jake talked to me about balancing those things, what it's like to go on tour with Panic at the Disco, Lord. He also did content creation for the Hella Mega Tour, which was Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. It's a big tour, man. He's a king of content. He's a king of creating it. And, and within content, there are different types of content you create. And we kind of talk about that, too. So thank you so much, Jake, for joining me on the podcast. Big fan. Very happy I got to learn from you. I hope other people get to learn from you as well. And thank you to all the patrons who contribute weekly to help support the podcast. If you're getting value from this podcast and you want to support it as well, feel free to sign up for the Patreon. There's, there's a few perks there as well. You become part of our Discord. You can talk with other fellow patrons that support the podcast. And uh, we'll try to offer some advice and help there when we can. All right. I hope you enjoy episode 76 of Don't Shut on the Bus with Jake Chance. What's up, Jake? Welcome. Hello. How's it going? Me. It's going. I like that we're doing our intro after we've been we've been talking for a little bit, but <laughs> don't give it away. Hey, we have to do yeah, like yeah. the warm. It's like the warm up chat to the chat. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, usually I catch up with people on the podcast, but I feel like you've had super unique circumstances where there was a lot I had to catch up on before yes. I could even catch up at all. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but we're here. Let's do it. I'm excited You're... to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you, you're at home in uh, Portland? Portland. Yeah, Portland. Portland. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. uh, just straight up the coast. I think I might. No, I don't know if I have your location. You, I don't know if I do. I have like random people. Yeah, I, I do too. You might have mine. I think I have it because yeah. I'll check like, you know, I'm like, all right, who's in town? <laughs> yeah, Who yeah. can I hang out with? Let's look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I mean, uh, I know you've been off the road for a little bit due to an injury and COVID, but I'm trying to think the last time, like, I met you, well, I know, I'm trying to think the first time I met you, actually. I yeah. try to, like, trace back my relationship with people and think, and I think I met you, was Panic of the Disco your first tour or your second Yeah, that tour? was my first tour. Big, That's pretty big nuts. boy tour. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild, I'm not gonna lie. I was definitely thrown into the mix very quickly. I'd say so. I think my intro to you was Spud, who I haven't had on this, but as a mutual friend, was like, yeah, we got this photographer. He's good at like Instagram and does other <laughs> stuff, but like he's crushing it, man. And I, it, that's, that's, that's so pretty much the TLDR, right? You, yeah. you were just doing photo and you got picked up by, I mean, a massive tour. 
Yeah, so I, I've done photo, uh, camera, video, all that nerdy stuff since I was um, really young. I, growing up in Oregon, I was like big into the outdoors and oh, taking nice. photos of like landscapes and that kind of stuff. As one does. Yeah, as one does. And uh, that kind of slowly grew and evolved into, um, into a love of just like everything digital media. Um, okay. And in college, I started this like production company where we were kind of shooting concerts and events around like my local college area, which is in Corvallis, Oregon. Um, and we would put together these recap videos and post them online and we would gain like a little bit of social media traction. So that was like my first intro to like the internet. What was it world. called? What was your company called? Left Brain Media Productions. I like it. I think I want to bring great. it back. Yeah, I want to bring it back. You don't have to say it ever left. You could just yeah, be yeah. like established 19, 2004 <laughs> true, or whatever. True, like true. you just, you go with the, you know, the long term now. It's not new anymore. You've been yeah, around for yeah. a while. That, yeah, it's vintage. Bring it back. <laughs> and I did that with my roommate for, for years. We, he would shoot video. I would shoot photos. And then uh, I slowly was growing like a social media following because of that. And I was also shooting like landscape photos around Oregon. And then one day I literally met Spud at a, uh, like a waterfall randomly one day. I was shooting I photos. I believe that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I met Spud at a, at a like a hot spring pool thing in Australia. So we kind of have similar stories yeah, yeah, of meeting yeah. Spud. Just randomly somewhere in yeah. the middle of nowhere, it just yeah. like pops up out of nowhere. And then you're like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I do all this. And you're like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he told me that Panic might need a photographer. Fast forward like seven months. Uh, my my good friend now, Thomas, uh, Thomas Balcone. <laughs> yeah, he, never heard of him. He um, bailed on Panic to go and tour with Big Sean. <laughs> is that public? So Did we just that do- is public. That is <laughs> public. Right, cool. And they drastically needed someone and so they called me and then then i jumped on the tour with panic right place right time that's right place right time yeah i don't know many people i guess in photo it's probably more maybe happens more often than other places just because Mm -hmm. you know the experience you could have and be able to tour but i don't know many people have gone straight to a multi-bus tour dude i I was very intimidated i'm not gonna lie i I, i remember getting there they my first ticket was it flew me to, to Texas uh, in the middle of Texas somewhere. And I, and I literally just pulled up with my luggage. I didn't even have like, I had like a bat, you know, like tour people, they have like all their suitcases. Everything's like proper, like, yeah, like yeah. industry standard, like not going to get, I had like one of those suitcases. You, your parents like hand me down you like for traveling. Dude, I understand. You know what Holy. I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and I pulled we started up with yeah, and I was like, I don't know where to put my stuff. I, I, I had to, I had to ask the tour manager, like, where do I put everything? Where do I, yeah. like, what do I do? And what's happening? What's, yeah, what's <laughs> going on? And I didn't find out till like obviously years later, but they were about to fire me the first like uh, two weeks of me being on that tour just because I had because I had no idea what was going on. I was I was like a lost puppy. Well, like, what do they expect? You've never toured before. <laughs> I like, know, you but can't... they they didn't know that necessarily. They were like, they oh. asked me, have you toured before? And I was like, I've worked with like a ton of artists, but I've never toured. Like, I, and when I say I worked with a ton of artists, it was like I was shooting the first. You three shot songs him when they the came payment. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. Hey, yeah. man, it's like I feel like every photographer, videographer has played that game. It's like, yeah, I've worked with uh, these X, bands, y, and Z, but you, you're like, you oh, really? Never have. <laughs> oh man, that's okay. I mean, so they hire you, come out, and you didn't even know where to put your stuff on the bus. What was it? I mean, walk me through that like first few shows, and what was it like? 
I, I mean, I'm assuming the photography was the easy part. What was it like yeah. kind of learning how to tour? Yeah. So the definitely the photo and video stuff is why they kept me around was because that's <laughs> stuff I, I understood how to do. I got that. You're good at the thing I, and, you've done yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And I could deliver really quick. I was giving them the photos like 30 minutes after the show. And back back like even, I don't know, six years ago, that was like really fast for, yeah. for a turnaround. Oh, six years. That's wild. Yeah, they kept me around. And I remember one of the most embarrassing things was I was on the A-Party bus um, because like photographers, you know, sometimes get A-Party uh, yeah. benefits. And I was on the A-Party bus and I started brushing my teeth with the, the bus water. The bus water. <laughs> um, and they were like, you're disgusting. Don't ever do that again. I was like, what? And they're like, are you going to like shit on the bus as well? And I was like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're I, like, what? I'm not Please supposed to do that. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please tell me all the things that I can and cannot do because um, I need to know. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to touch on it because, you know, we it's kind of like an educational podcast. People know what a party is. I'm pretty sure. But the bus water thing, I don't know if we've talked about. Yeah. You do brush your teeth. The bus water, because of how they load the tank, has the potential of touching things that you don't want in your mouth. It could be totally. oil or other stuff. It's not a huge deal, but yeah. it is a deal. So people usually brush their teeth with bottled water, which is kind of wild. Totally. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's like, I don't think you're going to die if you no. drink bus water, but you I, rather, I do it still. I don't, you rather not. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike shitting on the bus, it affects other people. A shitting on the bus affects everyone. Brushing yes. your teeth just affects you. So true. if you want to do it, <laughs> you can do it. True, 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 true. Yeah. And then the rest was just like the hang. I think that was that was the other part that I understood. That I understood pretty quickly was like the the social dynamics of tour. There, you have to be able to like pick up. I think you have to be able to pick up on cues and social cues really quickly and like and understand like I can be in this room right now or maybe I shouldn't be in this room right now kind of a thing. Where, whereas I think a lot of people just think like you're on tour, you can do whatever you want. You walk around, you know what I mean? You're just sticking around. You make a good point, especially being a photographer, videographer mm -hmm. with a guitar tech or a tech. It's like, OK, I'm usually working and when I'm not working, I'm eating or something. And oh, they're not really ever in a room they shouldn't be in with the photographer because you're with the artist. It's like, I don't know, maybe the management comes in and starts having like a serious conversation. You're like, like, I'm going to step I'm out. out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't know. First of all, don't want to be here. Second of all, I'm, I'm good. And so it was like picking up on those cues. I think I picked up on those pretty quickly. And I think people... People respect that because I wasn't like overstepping boundaries. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong as a tour photographer is they start overstepping like those social boundaries. Yeah. What is that? Why do you think people do that if not intentionally? Like, let's assume they're at least, you know, have good values and they're not like doing it because they're an evil person. Like, why do you yeah. think nice people make that mistake? I think the the understanding that like there are that it's a job. It's a weird thing because it, it is your job, but it's also your life. So when you're on tour, like, and you're in those situations, you have to be able to separate the like life moments from the job tour moments. Um, and mm. I think that's something that a lot of people maybe miss out on. Like some moments, like everyone's in the room, management's in the room, important people are in the room. You can still be there. There's like times that you're allowed, obviously allowed to be there and you're supposed to be interacting and taking photos and, 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 and having that interaction but then there's also times where it's like all right this type of moment i'm not supposed to be there and i think it's being able to separate those two is is really important so do you have any examples of maybe uh i don't know example of doing that yeah totally i think like the what you just pointed out like management comes in and they're talking about 
either uh, maybe merch numbers for the night or like uh, or yeah, like, like how much money they made or so, yeah. exactly money yeah. dynamics or or, uh, or someone on the tour crew. Maybe they're talking about possibly like getting rid of or like there's an issue. You know what I mean? And they, they're like bringing it up. And then there's like the other one where it's like it was the first night of tour uh, management's in there to celebrate. Like, let's kick this off with like a bang. And like, yeah. you want to be there for that. That's like a good moment to be there. Because you can photograph it or video. Exactly. It. You can yeah. you can document that that moment. But there's no reason for you to be documenting, like taking photos of the manager telling the artist how much merch they sold that night. You know, like yeah. it's, <laughs> there's like these like there's these lines. Yeah, you got to read the room. I, that's a very good example because. I've definitely found myself. I'm like, as you're saying these things, I'm like, fuck, I think I messed <laughs> like, up sometimes. Damn it. <laughs> but like you get so comfortable. Totally. And you're just like, well, they started talking about it and I'm in here and I don't feel like leaving. So maybe I'll just exactly. forget, and know what? Like, not pay attention. For some artists, especially if you become like really, really close with them, like you're yeah. able to understand like there's like a trust there, right? You mm-hmm. built like this trust factor where you're like, I can sit here. They're not like, I'm not going to say shit. They know that. So but when you're first getting into it, I think you need to really like see those boundaries and like slowly grow into your role. Don't like I'm here, bitches. Like, let me know yeah. everything type thing. Oh, man. Just to I hope it's OK. I just want to share a little bit of my own personal experience. As you're saying that, I do have a memory that came to mind is please do artists used to mess with me or their management. I would walk into the dressing room mm-hmm. and the manager would just look at me straight face. And he was so good. He'd be like, get out. And I'd be like, oh, shit. Like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't mean to do that. He'd be like, no, we. And then I do remember one time he was serious and I was like, yeah. ah, and he's like, no, actually you have to leave. And I was like, okay. yeah, so yeah, you're like, okay, cool. Get it. <laughs> I'm like, so uncomfortable, it's so, but <laughs> yeah. And it's so hard because managers like granted to be a photographer, there's a certain amount of creative life, creative, you know, foot facing you have mm-hmm. and professional. So you are good at some of the business, but these managers, man, they're like emotionless. That's all it is. That, yeah. Dude, and they'll just be like, no, you is. need to leave. That is the yeah. fact. There is no emotion involved with this. Please exit. And I'll be like, all right, yeah. later. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The dynamic of like the straightforwardness that managers like that are able to deliver. And you're just like, sometimes you're like, it's so blunt. You're like, got hit with a brick. You're like, yeah, what? (laughs) Like your brain short circuits for a second. And you're like, let me think of how to respond. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when you're in your creative zone. Right. And you're like, all right, I need to feel things and I need to like care about things. Yeah. I'm when I'm writing emails, I have no problem being like, no, yes, no, yes. Yeah. In real life, I'm just like, yes, but how does it make you feel? <laughs> totally. Counselor vibes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone on that. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. When I first visited you on tour, actually, I remember, I think it was not the first Panic Tour because I remember the venues in San Diego, mm-hmm. but I came and saw you on the, I think it's Pray for the Wicked Tour. Is that the second one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. more than the second. And um, I do remember, like, I didn't really get to hang out with you much. You were quite busy, but I do remember, like, the kind of vibe that I picked up on. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm making some assumptions is that you kind of had this, like, little brother vibe on tour where, you know, like, age wise, uh, I'm not going to say maturity wise, but I would say experience wise, you yeah. were just, you know, younger than everybody else. And I feel like totally. you slotted in on this little brother vibe. Is it, I mean, is, is that accurate? I did. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that was a slot that I realized was working in a way that could keep me around because <laughs> I was so naive to everything. And I really didn't know how to tour. I, I didn't know yeah. like what I was doing necessarily. So to be just totally like openly honest and be like, let me know, like, tell me yeah. like what I should and shouldn't be doing. And, and I, and, and taking what people were telling me and, and being able to like actually change what I was doing and deliver on that. I think people, people respected. And also it was like 
little brother vibe where it was like you're like the annoying dude like poking in yeah. the stomach over and over and over let me take a photo of you let me take um yeah yeah exactly totally and i think people appreciated that uh the honesty of being like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing help me out kind of you know what i mean like uh, i'm gonna yeah, deliver as long as you as, as you like help me figure out what you want and that definitely helped out and and to this day i think it's funny like the older i get the more i'm like they're still like my older brothers all all those dudes especially panic that's like yeah that's like older brother vibe all the way through from like brendan all the way down to like the crew it's very it's very uh yeah i love it no i mean i like that you talked about you know being open to improving and i think that really resonates with people a lot especially in the music world it's like just do your thing and mm-hmm. do it well and be honest about it and i mean have you made effort specifically to kind of maintain you know that openness to learning um i think maintaining that that spot is yeah i've definitely tried to do that because it's like how can you fire your little brother you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> play into how it you, how are you gonna get rid of me me um, i'm your yeah, brother i didn't do anything what do you yeah. mean <laughs> i didn't know i couldn't do that officer um i think also like that people i don't know like you if if this person like is going to continue to no matter who it is that this person's going to continue to try to like improve and, and change uh, with how the, the artist brand is changing and, and uh, expand their art while the artist is also growing, why not keep them around and why not try to grow with them together? Um, yeah. Especially if there's like a good chemistry there. So I think that's a big reason I stuck around. I yeah. Hope. I mean, you touch, <laughs> I, I always try to think of it like, and maybe you can agree here or disagree, whatever, but I always think like the photography and the video is kind of the easy part. Like the stuff that really keeps you around is everything you just talked to about vibing and bonding Mm -hmm. and getting along with them. But at the same time, you have to be good. I mean, it got you hired, right? Yes, I think so too. I think, I think there's like, there's a level of both, right? Like if you're, if you're an amazing photographer and a shitty hang, you're not going to last. And if you're vice versa, you're not going to, you're not going to last either. So it's like, but the latter is definitely exists. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like I'm really bad at what I do, but dude, I'm awesome. It's like but yeah, you that, that actually love works. Me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that keep, actually does we'll work. Keep, we'll keep around a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, do you think you're ever gonna do a van tour? I mean, I know you've been on some like six bus tours or something. Uh, I would do a van tour if I was really into the artist. Um, if I really loved the artist work, but I don't know how long I would be on that van tour for. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like maybe a week for, yeah, for, for a week and then go home. But to be honest, that's kind of where I, I want to head anyway. I, I think down the road, like the dream gig is to, is to come up with some sort of project, whether it be a book or a uh, extra like side project for the tour, go out for like two to three weeks and then come home uh, and not yeah. be out for like months on end documenting Agreed. the same thing over and over and over again. You know, that's like the dream gig now. Yeah, I agree. I think that like, documenting with intention outside of like daily content that seems a bit transactional social social media yeah yeah yeah. and i think that's interesting is that the you know when the career started or became more popular i would say even a few years before you went on tour Mm -hmm. you know it was just create photos and then it became create photos and videos and now it's become like content and because it's such a large industry i feel like there's so many subsets and there's nothing wrong with creating content like i know we talk just talked like we didn't like it but that's okay yeah this is not this is not where we're at but uh yeah i like that you said that That, that's great yeah and i think too like knowing knowing that there's specific people to hire for each each thing is also appropriate whereas like not one person has to do it all it's awesome if they can but but (laughs) 
if you if you can't then like just do that one thing really well yeah what's it like i mean when you're with these artists you you were kind of doing it all right like what mm-hmm. what was your responsibility i know most recently you're on hella mega tour but was that different than your setup with panic or i mean tell me i just don't know yeah so so uh it's been different on every tour um for panic it was to create photo and video content and my workflow would be essentially i would have one camera for video on my shoulder and one camera for photo um, I would take like uh, real quick snippets throughout the show with video, um, and then I would shoot a bunch of photos. And then backstage, I would usually do more video um, okay. because that was the stuff people like didn't get to see, uh, and I would implement that into my workflow. So it was kind of like photos is is like get a couple moments backstage, a lot of the show stuff, video a lot more backstage, less of the show stuff. Um, so and so then, you're sorry, go. No, no, no. Go for it. What were you going to ask? I was going to say, so you're kind of shooting very much with what your final product was in mind. You weren't like shooting for a DVD, but then pulling for socials. You're like, all right, snippets, socials. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I knew. And I think going into that's really important because otherwise you get left with all this shit that you're just like, especially like when you're shooting video, you can get, there's so many different types of video. You can be shooting long form, short form, super short form for like TikTok nowadays. So yeah. It gets like really confusing if you're if you don't have like a um, brains. Exactly. You don't have if you don't have like an idea in mind of what your your final product's gonna be, you're just gonna have a mess of content, especially when you're working with teams where you have to like float that content to other people and have them also maybe look through it. But that was panic. Then like with Lord, it was just film photography, which was so fucking nice. sick. Because I dream. literally the dream, dude. I literally just, just be had an artist. Like, yeah, just my film cameras and then like waited to get home and develop like 80 rolls. And it was like the dopest thing ever. I was just kicking it with my film camera, which was so Damn, rad. that's sick. I love that. And then Hell Omega was much different because usually when you get hired for a tour, like a whole tour, you're working with one individual artist and that's like your your cup of tea. You're you're yeah. shooting whatever they want. Um, with the Hell Omega tour, because there was three major artists on it and each person had their individual person, they also wanted someone to come out and just create extra content for literally like the Hell Omega channels and to promote the tour as a whole, which is a new thing for me. So it was kind of like, go out and just create dope shit for the tour to kind of market the tour as a whole, um, okay. as opposed to just marketing our one individual artist. That was rad because I had a lot of freedom on that to kind of like brainstorm with management, um, understand like, what they were looking for and then just go out and create stuff every day and i didn't have to worry about like being at this in the dressing room at this time for this this event that's happening or you know what i mean like there wasn't specific things i had to look out he's in catering again yeah totally he's he's just in catering (laughs) Uh, i don't know how much more you can shoot that but please go make something cool yeah (laughs) stand against this wall real quick stand against this wall (laughs) lord sounds dream gig like any i i feel like I don't know. Do you feel like when artists get to almost like I would say Lord level or anybody on that level, they almost they just they do start to hire people specifically for one job rather than having somebody do everything. Is there something there? Yeah, I think I think that's huge. Um, I think a big issue, too, is some of the artists that I've worked with before really don't like having uh, like photographers and videographers around. So when they find someone that fits that role that can do everything, they try to make them do everything or hope that they can do everything and sometimes that ends up just being like too much work but i do think that when artists get to a certain level and they're comfortable with with uh with having like if they're having like a hair and makeup person out on the entire tour like they're probably going to hire someone specifically for a type of art that they want created during that so she would hire like lord specifically would hire like a video crew to come out and create like a 
miniseries uh, to promote the tour. Yeah, like shoot a doc. Totally, exactly. Um, whereas like Panic was more so, can you please just shoot everything because we don't want other random booking people coming in and being in yeah. our space. So I think it depends artist to artist. But I, I will say being able to do photo, video, 3D, like the, the, the lot of it has brought me more opportunities, although it has also brought me more stress. So, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a bouncing You get act. stressed? No. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Come on. That's not very Bass Shop Pro of you. Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, you. right? You like my hat? My brother got this for my birthday as a meme. That's pretty sweet. Thanks, dude. I went to like a, um, what do you call it? A bachelor party and they gave everybody one of those hats, but it said like Tony's bachelor party. On oh, it said God. like something different on it. <laughs> and we just wore them everywhere. And people were like, wait, do you guys really like fishing? Yeah. And, you're like, and then they look closer. And they're life. like, no. <laughs> Kind of funny. Well, I haven't been able to cut my hair. Look at this shit. Yeah, let's see it. It's a it's a mess, dude. You want the AE special? I'll come on over. I'll make you look Please like an egg. Yeah, snip I got that you. Shit off. I'm trying to grow out a mullet right now. You, I think a mullet you get by. You just have to remove. I think you're there. You just have to remove. You know what is I think it? If I if I party put, in front, business in back, business in front, party in back. What is it? Back like that. I gotta go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you look like you could tour, right? Oh man, what do you think? Uh. Now, now that people are kind of doing all these different things and then kind of, you know, to be on tour, sometimes you have to do photo video. Mm-hmm. What do you think initially caused the change from people just having tour photographers to having tour photo video people like other than the obvious like TikTok existing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what I think managers are starting to realize like, oh, people just because you have a camera doesn't mean you can do both. Yeah. Which I think is like a, a, took a, recent, a, dis- yeah, a recent discovery for managers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, They're like, oh, that thing can record though. And you're like, yeah, but. I don't do that type of thing. Yeah, it's like you write emails, but does that mean you're also going to write me a book? Like, (laughs) it it doesn't doesn't really work like that. It doesn't line up like that. And I think that's one reason. I also think that um, nowadays, tour seems to be the main source of income for artists. That's just my opinion, like between merch and touring and that kind of thing. And the best way to market a tour is to like show people that experience and get them to want to come. And you can do that by, Basically, what I'm saying is you're you're getting your money back and more by hiring two separate people to be able to do that job correctly. Yeah, efficiently. Yeah, and your return's going to be much more than banking all on one person hoping that they can do just that one thing. It's wild to me, like just working on the agency front now and kind of understanding how much photo and video people are paid. Mm-hmm. They do not get paid enough, man, for how not valuable all, they are. Dude. It's not so hard too because yeah. I think, I mean, like you said, like, when you went out, I'm sure you, when you first started, I'm sure you were like, yo, you can, I'll do this for free. Totally. Like, I'm sure you were like, just take me on tour. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that is a real <laughs> aspect of the job. It's a very fun job. So I, I mean, managers know that. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, the cool part about growing with the same management that I've realized, especially working, I've worked with a lot. Most of the artists that I've worked with have been under the same management. And I yeah. think growing me, growing my art, they've taken a respect to that, which I appreciate a lot because some, some management don't, they're just like, whatever, you're still doing the same shit. Yeah. But when they see growth, it, I think they understand that you're going to expect some sort of compensation change over time. Hopefully, you know what I mean? That's, that's the idea. Um, The scary part is, is when you get into a cycle of hiring a new person for every tour and there's no standard, there's no like base level for that one individual. Like you were saying, like individuals come in and they're like, whatever, they pay me, I'm fine with it. Yeah. You hope like over time that's gonna 
that pay is going to get better, but what, like the next tour around, they're just going to like recycle you out and get a new person. Like they're going to be able to pay them maybe less than what they were paying you type of thing. So it hurts too. It does, dude. It really does. And it feels bad. It, it just like, it feels dirty. And, um, yeah. it's, I think when you're able to find those, those artists that want to keep you around, it, it's like really, really special and important. And you should like, be sure to not ruin those, those type of relationships. I agree with that. Like the, the connection with the artist is so important because really at the end of the day, they determine who comes out on the road. Like you can get mad at management all you want and how, but everything that management is doing is they're not making all the, those calls. I mean, totally. they're bringing yeah. in all the other variables, but it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. It's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, man, man, there's a lot of good stuff you're saying. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> good, I'm, I'm, like, glad. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> some of it's me just confirming some like biases I thought I no, had, but I a lot it. of it's yeah. like, wow, yeah. This is cool. It's real, dude. It's a, there's there's a lot of like harsh realities in, in the touring world. It's not all butterflies and roses. I mean, it's the music industry. It's like the most brutal industry on earth. What do you expect? What do you think makes it so brutal? Like when you say that, like I agree with you because I've experienced it. But at the same time, I'm here like telling people to join the industry because I love it so much. Am yeah. I just a masochist or what's going no, on? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm being we're maybe being a little like Debbie Downer in, yeah. in a sense, but like you got to understand that it's like a massive business with a lot of people working under that business. And a lot of people just want to justify like the jobs that they have by like making a nuisance of things that don't necessarily have that much importance at the end of the day. And you just, I think you got to come at it with a, like, like a sense of it's really, really big. The job description is really, really big, but it's actually like very small. If that makes any sense. Yeah. People, the people dress it up a lot. Totally dress it up, make it more outrageous than it is. Um, make it more stressful than it needs to be. But at the end of the day, like it's also the best job in the world. So I don't know. It's so, it's like such a thing that you need to experience to understand. But then the moment you get there, you're like, Oh, I, I get it now. Like I see it. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. I mean, the podcast for just to tell you a little bit about it is just educating people, hopefully getting more people on the road, kind of lowering the barrier of entry to the industry. And I'm, I'm working on a book that kind of goes alongside it. And I love that. It's just so interesting. Like you said, when you put it all down on paper, it is a lot. And I'm not even dressing it up. There's just a lot going on. Totally. But what you actually have to do in your day-to-day basis is pretty finite. Yeah. It's like, yeah, take take this massive business and then like, whoop, you're the like little employee. Just do your job. But <laughs> don't, the cool don't thing is, is, as you're talking about all this stuff, I think the thing that where it is, although you, your responsibility is very limited, your understanding of what everybody else is doing and their role mm-hmm. they play is really key to your success. And I think that's yes. the hard part to teach people. It's yes, like, totally. Yeah. So I, I'm experiencing that as you speak about everything. No, I love that. That's a very important point. Like know your role on the train and like to keep it moving, do your part, but understand that it's going to like fall apart if these other people aren't doing <laughs> their thing as well. Yeah. What do you, I mean, what do you think really sets, I know we talked about this a little bit, but when you've got you know, a photographer, videographer going on the road, um, who's more experienced, like maybe you now, not maybe not mm-hmm. six years ago. What yeah. do you think, aside from your relationship with an artist specifically, sets somebody who's done this for a while apart from somebody who's just starting? Yeah, I think a big thing for me was realizing that when I first got into tour photography, I or video and videography, I wanted to be like really close with the artist. I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to be a part of it all. I wanted to yeah. see like every, every nook and cranny of what was going on in the tour world. Um, now I'm more experienced like down the road, for example, going from the panic tour, my first tour where I was like involved in everything 
want to have my camera and everything um, and document every single little moment um, to now with the Hell Omega tour where I wasn't involved with any artists. I never went in a single dressing room. I was on the yeah. tour just to create content um, and I knew my place. I was still able to get involved with the, the artists and like they understood like this person was here to like document stuff. I never was becoming best friends with them. And I wasn't, and I think understanding that that's like, okay. And that's like a normal, that's also like a normal role is yeah. important because just because you're, you don't have to be the best friends with the artist to create like really, really dope stuff is I guess what, what I'm getting at. And I think yeah. that's what, that's a big thing that I learned over, over time. Well, that's reassuring. I mean, it's helpful because, you know, maybe before I asked that question, I would have thought that, you know, an experienced person is a better relationship with the artist or better content, but that's just for one avenue. Um, there's definitely other ways to do it as well. And like, don't get me wrong. If, if you're going to be able to create more, like it's so important to have a good relationship with the artist, especially when you're working directly one-on-one -on -one with like, if you get hired for a tour, that's like, that's very different than I think getting hired for getting hired for one artist on tour. I think that's very different than getting hired for the tour as an entirety. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think would cause you like you show up for a tour, maybe not this panic tour, but you get hired by a new artist, you show up for the tour and you start touring with them. Is there anything that you can think of other than obvious, like they beat me or something that would make you not tour with them? Like something um, that's in a believable scope of things that could happen that you just wouldn't yeah. agree with. Uh, I think, I think a big one for me now is how they treat the crew, which okay. is interesting. Like if you're, if you're treating the crew like shit and they're getting like the worst buses and the worst tour routes and they're, they're not sleeping, catering catering's gnarly, like that kind yeah. of thing. I think that has played into um, like whether or not I would, I, I'll be honest. I don't know if I would ever quit a tour. I think it would take a lot for me to quit a tour, but there's a lot of things that would make me re-decide if I want to go back and work with the same management. Not re the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I got you. Yeah. That's an interesting question. What about you? What would, what would be like the one thing that like, you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm going home. I think I'm a little pickier now, but yeah, I guess for I me, I think what you said about, if for some reason I misunderstood what they wanted and I went out and it was more like constant content yeah. rather than like big picture. Like it's hard for me when an artist is like, Hey, I just didn't get any good photos today. I'm like, I know, but we also didn't do anything today. I'm yeah. We didn't do anything <laughs> and I'm here for the whole tour. So at the end of the yeah. tour, if we've got yeah. a collection of good photographs, that's, that's the goal. But yeah, the stress of like the daily. And then, I mean, like when I was younger, Looking back, like I've stopped touring with any artist that like is destructive, I guess you would say. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't handle that, man. It's yeah. It trickles down to the crew and it's mm -hmm. unreliable and it's gross. And yeah. I just can't yeah. hang. I need healthy people. Yeah, I've only had one tour where it's it's been like that. And it was a rap tour. And I was like, I'm I'm good. I don't think I'll ever do rap again. Oh, this is like Drake level. Yeah, right. Like where it's yeah. it's a big job because it's uh you're not like inter intertwined with their social activities. The one van tour I did after I went to buses was a rap tour. And that was interesting because the rapper had uh, never toured in a van before. And it was me. It was like a, us and his opening act all in the same van. And it was like, it was oh crazy. My God. <laughs> we just did like Seattle down to San Diego. But uh, Still. It, it was great photographs, honestly. Some of oh, my I favorite bet. photographs ever. Oh, I would love that. Being able to just pull over wherever. That's so rad. Right? Like <laughs> fast food restaurants, passing out in the van, kicking trash. I know you haven't toured cool. in a van, but you like, there's definitely a, a, a lot to be learned. And uh, experiencing that was interesting. I believe it.
I've done my fair share of road trips, if that counts for anything. That long, counts. Long-term road trips, like three weeks at a time, like living that out of my car. That definitely counts. The only difference <laughs> yeah. is you get to choose who you're with on a road true, trip. True, true. And, and you get to choose where you're sleeping that night. And like, I'm by myself rather than with a ton of people. <laughs> yeah, we're at Carlos's house. His mom said it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? All right. So currently, you are, you just had your last surgery? Yes, I just had my last surgery. So I was in a an accident during the Hell Omega tour, actually, actually uh, like eight and a half months ago. That's crazy. It's been that long. What a process, man. Yeah, it's been it's been brutal. I was uh, I was up in uh, I was stuck in Philadelphia for almost three months um, in physical therapy and well, hospital and yeah. then had to come back here and now eight and a half, eight and a half months later, fifteen surgeries, and I'm finally 15. finally done. It, dude, it feels so weird. I have chills saying it because, like, I just like you can say it, you can talk about it as much as you want, but like the actual process is it's so wild. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I can't imagine. I know that like a lot happened and a lot is still being figured out. But is there a TLDR that you could kind of say like, hey, this happened? If not, no worries. Uh, it was as far as the accident goes. Yeah, yeah. Just so yeah. people know like what we're talking about. I'm sure they're like 15 surgeries, something happened. Yeah, like what, what happened? Yeah, yeah. No, I got, I got, uh, in a forklift accident. I can't get into like the nitty gritty obviously, but, yeah. um, and we yeah, don't need I to know it. Yeah. Forklift hit me. Not good. Yes. You weren't the <laughs> yeah. driver. I was um, not the driver. The key, was, key to the story. You were just, they were just there. I was, I was in, in the wrong place, wrong time. Well, I'm sorry to hear that happened. And okay. of course it sucks that it happened while you were you know, working on a tour, yeah. but I'm happy given the circumstances that you are still here and able to do a podcast. Thank you, man. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Prior, actually, we talked about Jake was originally going to be the first like tour check-in podcast. Obviously yeah. that got put on hold due to the circumstances. Yes. I but, feel uh, like the day that it happened, we were texting, which is super weird. Yeah. I'd have to look back. Yeah. We definitely were talking about it though. Yeah, I, 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 I know I haven't kept in touch with you very much, but that's also because I know you have a lot in your plate, but our good no, friend I, Tom I and Josiah that. kind of fill me in on, I'm like, wait, <laughs> like I had a call with Tom before this. I was like, what? Yeah, like, I did not know on? all this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, how has it been like, what's the healing process been like? Have you got, I'm assuming you've gotten a lot of support from these people that you've toured with. And Oh yeah, man, it's been crazy. I mean, all the artists have been incredible. Uh, I had to run a GoFundMe just because of medical expenses and, and I, uh, all the artists helped out tremendously. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm super thankful for just even my core, like team around me, like my family, like my physical therapist, like it's, it's the amount of people on my team is pretty remarkable. And I, I'm pretty thankful for that. I think I've learned a lot too over this this um oh I bet period of time I I, I uh, the idea that like I was ever gonna stop touring or I was ever gonna slow down was like never you know what I mean I was like yeah I, if if something didn't stop me I was gonna be doing this I told myself till I was thirty but I'm twenty nine now so who you know what I mean who who knows and so it's uh it's like a blessing in disguise as shitty as it is. Um, but it slowed me down. And I think it's also given me a time to like reset on what I really want to focus on and what I really want to do. So I've taken this time to like learn a bunch of new things that I wanted to try out as far yeah. as like 3d goes and, and just life stuff, but being around my family, being around my niece, like things like that, that I would be missing out on. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And so it definitely makes me re evaluate where I want to be right now in life. 
Yeah. So it, it kind of sounds like it had that similar effect that maybe COVID did on some people. Or totally. Yeah. Not saying that your experiences anyway is, you no, know, no, no, easy know. as yeah, that yeah, yeah. and totally, not to downplay totally. what you through. Definitely. And I, I had a question written down that was like, what cliche things became true? And uh-huh. I feel like you spurted off a few of those. But when people are in those situations, it's, it's kind of crazy how much stuff is just true that people tell you. I know. And it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because, yeah. It, it it is cliche. It's like it's like what what are you thankful for now? And it's like I'm just happy to be alive. And that yeah. sounds so fucking. It sounds so cliche, but like truly, that's where I'm at. That's like yeah. where I'm at now. Just like taking in like um the the in between moments, like waking up and making a coffee. Like I'm stoked on that now. As opposed that's great. to before, I was like, mate, wake up, drink the coffee as fast as possible, and email thousands of people. <laughs> like, Man, I was like, okay. Well, you kind of, I mean, I like that you say that because I think that's really important. It kind of gives me, I read this book over and over called The Beginner's Mind, which is like a meditation kind of Buddhist look on the world. But you you reminded me of it initially when you were talking about, you know, when you got on tour, you kind of had this naiveness. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just learning everything. And I feel like you have those intentions and feelings. And it's nice to hear you doing it with your coffee every day. Like it's not like something you're rushing through. It's like, oh. Just enjoy totally. this yeah. thing. Yeah. And I mean, still, like, I'd be I'd be a liar if I didn't say, like, my brain starts moving really quick, like, very often, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I, I haven't done anything today. But I've definitely gotten better about slowing down and being like, all right, I still, like, I have a lot of life to live and I still have a lot that I want to do. So yeah. try not to rush it too fast. I mean, uh, are you, I don't know if that's too personal to ask, but are you, like, able to to walk again eventually like is that the goal or you uh, don't eventually know yet? that's the goal um before these last couple i had like three surgeries recently and before those i was getting to a point where i could use a cane um and cool. then they just had to that's go kind in of a and, look yeah and they just had Fuck to go in and do do a bunch of stuff my friend actually sent me a cane with the sword in it it was pretty fucking rad that's fire so you, you unscrew it and it's like a massive blade <laughs> it's like how did you ship this to me what yeah. the fuck? where can i get kicked uh, out of with this yeah exactly um, but the goal is to be walking in right now. I'm on a walker. Can you see it right now? I think I pushed it out the way. But... It's just a little bit out of frame. I see your skateboard. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my, that's a uh, snow skateboard. I'm excited to oh. use that one day. I can't wait dude. the things I can't wait to do is I can't wait to get back to taking photos all the time. Um, no matter what it is, just like using my camera. Don't you snowboard? Yeah. I can't wait to snowboard. Like that was before touring. That was like my thing it was like, I coached competitive like slope style snowboarding and then i, I oh, that's fire. like all through high school and shit that was my thing for sure the, the whole time yeah man i want to get back to that i want to move somewhere sunnier i need sun oregon yeah. i love portland come hang dude i need to get down there bro <laughs> i'm fucking i'm ready for it you should do the i was in san diego for 10 years you should just do the t- san diego as like the in-between between where you're at and la and then eventually do la but san diego is a good like are you close to josiah are you in, are you near that area I live- Two blocks from Josiah. I think I'm coming near you guys. <laughs> really? Yeah, like I don't want to dox you, but I think I'm coming. I'm coming over to that area. Oh, cool. Yeah, I live here. Vogel yeah. lives really close. Anna Lee yeah. lives really close. Like, and I'm saying like really close, not in LA standards. Like, I'm talking walking distance. All of wow, us. Wow, that's it's pretty sick. sweet. That's cool. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a good vibe. My girlfriend really Connor wants to move, move down there. Connor, you're in LA. Oh shit. Yeah, Connor lives. He does not live walking distance. Yeah, but he's like a. I live drive. like a five eight minute oh, car shit, right Connor. away like right down connor's the here Woo! <laughs> i always forget that connor can just turn on his mic and join the podcast whenever he wants kind of like our young jamie but yeah dude come hang out in la 
um it'd be great to have you and um okay something else i've kind of been wondering because you know i mostly just i've done video but i threw a gopro on my camera or i made some youtube videos i wasn't walking around with like a steady camera or anything like that yeah when you get ready for a tour first of all what questions do you ask to understand what will be asked of you and then after those are answered how do you determine what you need to pack for that tour the first thing I ask is if they're going to pay for my oversized baggage bag. <laughs> I need that hundy. <laughs> yeah, I need that hundy. Um, no, the, the the first thing is the conversation with management um, as far as what they're going to want uh, yeah. on the tour, whether they're going to, like we talked about, like if they're specifically wanting more photo, more video, um, and what that dynamic's going to going to be. And then after that, it's kind of packing for that specific thing. So for panic, because it's both photo and video, dude, I'm packing like, Every I'm packing my video camera, a video camera, a backup video camera, a photo camera, a backup photo camera, all my lenses um, into a massive Pelican case. In my actual suitcase, I'm unscrewing a. Uh, I, I personally like the Steadicam um, because yeah. it's or the the Glidecam because yeah, it's yeah. not it's not electric. It's it's it. I can just like throw it against the wall and it'll still work. That's desirable. Yes, exactly. It's much more like util like utilitarian. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and pickaxe. Yeah, exactly. So I use that and I just unscrew it all, fit it into my suitcase. And then um, all the other stuff is just like packing into a bag as much as I can and, and batteries, batteries after batteries, SD cards, a converters, laptop, a drone, Gorillapod. Hashtag sponsored. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Uh, really? <laughs> it, uh, it, can, it can get quite chaotic with the packing. Um, but I try, to, I try to separate everything into like video, photo, um, and then accessories, things that I'm going to use for that. When you did like marshmallow stuff though, and you're doing a lot more fly dates and not on a bus tour, how did oh, you have dude. to alter that? Like, what did you do? Um, so the, the thing about marshmallow is it was very specific. So for example, we were doing a lot of like Vegas dates where we would go to Vegas residency. and shoot like residency stuff. And for that, it was just, it was pretty much just like photo and then like a couple video clips. If anyone was there, uh, they didn't really want too much like uh, video content from, from the residency. Okay. Uh, when we would go on like a short tour run, it would be like bring like one more extra video thing. So I would bring like a my steady cam on the on the like tour. So we would do like a four day, 14 day like Europe run. And I would okay. bring just just my um just my uh handy cam. And uh and we would do some really cool stuff with that because he really likes to interact with the camera when uh when when you're doing that. So we did like one clip where like the glide cam spun completely around or like he would spin it and we'd stuff like that. So that was like a fun interaction that we would have. Um but yeah, it's a lot of, it's very dependent on what the show's going to be. Is, is okay. I would pack for it. That makes sense. I guess like with Marshmallow, it was a little more defined on what you need to do. Whereas Panic totally. the Disco, you just had to bring the toolbox. Literally two, ready. Two, what do yeah, you need today? Two cameras on my, on my hip, a glide cam, like on my back leg is <laughs> wild. Dude, my dream is what you said for Lord. Like I love just showing up. Dude. I don't shoot film very often. I do have like a point and shoot one with me. That's yeah. fun, but just showing up with like a 35 or 50 and just Dude. chilling on that and just be, like best. tucking away in a corner and not talking to anybody. It's the best bro. And it's just, it feels like you, you get a so romantic. It really is like, it, <laughs> it really is. And you get to think out the process a lot more. I feel like you get to like, you're like, all right, at this moment, I have to be here. This is like what I'm looking for tonight. Hopefully I get it. You snap the photo and then you literally don't know for the next three weeks if you got it or not. Like wait to <laughs> develop film problems. Yeah, exactly. Oh but my it was god. Cool. She did a lot of cool stuff with the film because a lot of it was so blurry because like 
shooting a show on film is is difficult to begin with let alone when it's like a lord show and it's like intimate and low light and like it's it's like a lot of like fluent movement so yeah. she she did a lot of cool stuff with the the merch as far as like the designs and like using the blur of like the photos into the merch design she did a lot of stuff like that which was really cool i'll have to check it out that sounds great I, re- I remember you had like a lord image when we did the raw editing challenge yeah thing way back when and that image was that image was sick yeah, I love all your podcasts, dude. You're so you're getting so good at them. Thanks, man. You're pretty yeah. good too. This was a really Thanks, easy dude. episode. Like some episodes are harder, but yeah. you know we're pulling we're pulling crew dudes out of the woodwork and making them they're talk like, for an hour. Uh, it's not like, they're like they're their uh, specialty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know they just got back from a tour and they're like, "You want me to do what?" But like, you know, like, all right, how long is this gonna take? <laughs> it's also easier when I'm talking to you know my people like yeah for sure. photo video it's a little bit easier than talking to a totally. manager who's like scary as fuck yeah yeah well thank you thank you I mean of course dude uh, thank you thank you so much for coming on the podcast we do have a question it is not whether or not you've shed on the bus that we ask everybody okay. but I might have asked you when you did the raw editing challenge but let's revisit shower shoes okay. or no shower shoes what's the vibe oh, dude oh shower shoes now when I started I was no shower shoes and I got ripped on. The whole time. Well, actually, I would get in trouble because I would take like three towels and lay them down (laughs) and like stand on them. And then they'd be like, yo, what the fuck? We're out of like the crew dudes don't have towels because you're like standing on them all. Oh, wow. You didn't read that room very well. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So shower shoes now. Crocs. Crocs specifically. Yeah. I think that Andrew Weiss, yeah, our last podcast. You know, Andrew? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Paramore, Toyota Pilots. Really good dude. But he goes, I didn't realize this. I've toured with him before, but he goes, yeah, I just wear flip-flops all day. And then when I shower, I just continue to wear those flip-flops. Just and through then the shower. I was, like, I was like, all right, man. He's like, so shower shoes, yes, constantly. I was like, damn, respect. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Your shower shoes are just glued to your feet and yeah, on yeah. the tour bus and, and, and in the dressing room. Yeah. All the nice. time. <laughs> Probably very clean. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you for coming on here and of talking course. for an thank hour. I appreciate it. Yeah, I look man. forward to seeing you in real life come to california yes i will dude i'm gonna come soon it's uh it's something that me and my girlfriend really want to do so i'm looking yeah, i've never met it. your girlfriend so i'll be looking yeah, forward she's to meeting great. her and my dog and, and your dog yeah yeah, yeah. kailua kailua so close kailua. yeah yeah damn it it's, a, it's island an, uh, anime character okay it Maybe is it that. is japanese though you're very close well hawaiian names are like are yes, they japanese ho- because yes it's okay. very hawaiian as well it's all coming yeah. together yep look at you look at you <laughs> alright man have a good one thank you so much yes of course thank you guys appreciate that Click later. If you uh, sometimes I have updates for the podcast that don't quite fit in the podcast, and this is one of those weeks, so I added at the end. It was a lot different when Neil was on because we could kind of chat about things, but you know, it's been solo for a while. Uh, but unfortunately and sadly, one of our past guests passed away unexpectedly, and this wasn't from anything self inflicted or like that, it was just from a freak medical thing. It came out of nowhere. So Robert Noyes, he was, well, excuse me, his name is Robert Ortiz. His Instagram name is Robert Noyes, was on the podcast. I think it was episode 34, 35. He is Mark Hoppus from Blink-182's Base Tech. And we wouldn't have that episode if he didn't want to do it, right? It's hard to get Mark Hoppus on a podcast. He's, you know, 
pretty sought after and well-spoken, but because I was such good friends with Robert and the angle of the podcast wasn't just like, we want to talk to Mark Hoppus is we want to talk about your relationship. Robert was really about that. And he felt that, you know, teaching was important and he served as a mentor and a helper to me in the industry. So I just wanted to take a moment to say, thank you, Robert. We're obviously very sad that you're gone and no longer with us. Um, I appreciate your contribution to the podcast and to my life. Like to my life, you help me a lot to give you guys an idea and maybe you'll find somebody like this in your career. But when I find an artist I want to work with, it's usually like an organic path is what takes me to work with them. So something like, you know, I meet somebody and they introduce me to the artist or I, I that's kind of how I get through them. And Robert was that for me with Blink-182. I bonded with Robert or connected with him because he's a photographer himself, even though professionally he's a base tech. He also loves coffee. And on tour, I was with a data member and they were opening up or supporting Blink-182 in Europe. And I met Robert there and it was really nice. He would let me kind of sit in his area. So, you know, he has a zone on the side of the stage with all of his bases and his tea he makes for Mark and everything he does for Mark. And he's like, yeah, come hang out here, take some pictures. And I was like, this is cool. Mostly people kick me out of their world. And Robert was just like, no, come hang out. And from there, he introduced me to the drum tech, Daniel, and to the guitar tech and the tour manager and the production manager and the stage manager and everybody I needed to know to kind of shoot from stage from Blink-182. And every shot I've gotten or been able to take of Blink-182 is thanks to Robert. In addition to that, he was just a very kind person. He toured the right way. He toured for a long time. He was an amazing father. I know sometimes people just talk about what they did professionally, and that's just because that's how I knew him. But I'm aware that he had three children. He was a great father to him. He was a great friend to everybody in the industry. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like a lot of people pass away in this industry because maybe it's just I know a lot of people or maybe it's just their lifestyles. This isn't because of this industry that he passed away. It's just a freak thing that happened to somebody who happened to be in the industry. And I'm just sad that he's no longer with us. And yeah, I just want to say we miss you, Robert. We love you. We appreciate you. I'm so sorry you're no longer here with us, and I, I don't know. I'm going to miss you. All right, guys, I will see you next week on Don't Show the Bus. Thank you.